All right. Test. One. Two. You guys ready? We rolling? Rolling. All right, let's get it, baby. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Second Floor Podcast. I am your co-host, Kenny Buller. I'm with my two favorite Bijans, Karam Sultan, my man, and Gaseous. And we're here today to talk about uh, a beautiful theme that will resonate not only in your line of work, but also in your relationship. Yes. And that is all about, let's just use the word retention. How to keep that spark in your relationship alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want us to talk about the honeymoon phase. I want us to talk about in, in personal business life, how you also, on another side, can keep your clientele instead of always thinking, who's my next person? Who's my next person? So when you keep who you have in business and when you keep yourself happy and your significant other happy, you're winning. And that's what this is all about is we close 2023 together. So um, let's dive in. Start off with um, this question for the boys. Who is your longest lasting client, like paid individual that pays money to still see you in your guys' line of work? Who is that person? And and why do you think, even if you think that like you're, you did what you needed to do for them, like the job's done, but like they just, they still want to be around you and they're so willing to pay you. Why do you think that is? You. Okay. Um, I got to say for me, it's this kid named Lakula. Shout out to Junior, AKA Koo. And he's, he was like the first client that I would say we, we got when we started offering memberships. And I remember me and Brett looked at each other, you know, like your first ever client, you get them and then all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, somebody somebody was willing and wanted what we offered, right? So to us, it was like a mind-blowing moment because it was the first person who signed up for something and they ended up getting the top-of-the-line package. So to me, I, we, we were thinking, if we get more, more of these, imagine where it could be, right? Um, I would say for Lakula, he has a lot of big dreams and he's hands down, never been one to, because like, you know, you'll get certain people saying, why would I want to pay for this much? Or why would I pay this much? And all that. Cool has never said that to him. I think how he frames it in his mind is I'm going to get the most out of it. And because he's always been like that, he's always been my longest lasting client. And, and at times where I've told him, like, you don't need it right now. Right. Like I've had to almost push him away to kind of get better on his own and then come back and see me again. But he's definitely been hands down the number one client. But I think as a client, um, it's because he's he's like true to what he wants. You know, like a, somebody on, on their mission, cool as a kid on his mission, right? And he's like by any means necessary every day, even today I saw him, like we'll see uh, small little pockets. You'd be like, hey, is there any open time today that we could just go and shoot? And we play one-on-one and had a little bit of fun. But even at the end of it, his mindset on how he's explaining, you know, I, I'm better at this, better at that, but it's still reminding me of like day one Kula, you know, like the same way how he kind of framed it. But from his aspect, I got really lucky with a lot of great clients, but I think for, on our end, he always comes back because he always wants to be guided um, while he's going through his journey. And he, he, we're lucky enough to, to have his trust in that. That's awesome. I love that, especially the last part. 
when you always want to be guided and you find the right person to guide you, but why would you want to have that stop? Yeah. La Kula, man. Cool. You're listening to this, bro? You keep, you keep it up, man. You keep shooting them hoops. <laughs> <laughs> Great stories are timeless. To be a great storyteller, one must bridge the gap between an alluring narrative and the audience, to pull with the heartstrings, and to shape the imagination. At Q Films Media, we're more than just a media production agency. We are a powerhouse of creative individuals, content creators, who specialize in telling great stories. Stories that are intimate and kept closest to the heart. Stories that are powerful and inspiring, that spark boldness and action. We are Q Films Media. We're here to tell your story. We are always unseen. How about you, Q? I don't have them as clients anymore, but they were pivotal in my first few years, which was Pivotal Physio. So I got to give them a shout out because, you know, our uh, good friend, Raj Dillon, he uh, entrusted me in doing his uh, social media marketing. Um, They didn't necessarily need video photography um, as much, but their marketing manager went on mat leave at the time. And then I kind of swooped in, gave them sort of a retainer month to month and said, hey, you know, I could spend, you know, eight to 15 hours a month to help you with your social media ads, you know, kind of be almost like a filler of a marketing manager when you needed. And so that kind of helped. And I had them for almost three years, two and a half years, three years. And then, um, yeah, and I think I think the one reason they stayed for so long was because I would basically be willing to do anything and everything to kind of fulfill their marketing needs, right? Any of their physios or any of their management had questions, um, you know, the team, the management team would run it by me. Hey, Omid, what do you think of this marketing? Hey, Omid, what do you think of this? And then, hey, we got this thing coming up. Oh, it's so-and-so's birthday. We'd love to make a social media post for this physio. Um, Hey, we got this event coming up. I know it's last minute, Omid, but, uh, you know, would love to get some social media content for this. And it was just like, yep, no problem. I'll be there. And so I think I think one thing that I learned with uh, long term clients is that if you can make their lives as easy as possible and be there for them, bend over backwards for them, even if it's more than what you're getting paid for, I think that value uh, in the long term will just be exponential. So I think I have other clients as well and I do the same thing, right? I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever been too busy to make a certain event or whatnot, but it's, uh, it's about trying to fill in those gaps where they're, where they're needed. And the moment they ask you, that's the moment where you could either be like, no, I'm only paid for X, Y, Z or no, I got you. It's not in my scope of work. I'm not probably going to get unpaid hours for this. And it's like, I don't tell them this. I just say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I'll do it. 
So I think that's one thing I've learned. That's cool, man. I mean, it's it's nice when you can almost like with these clients, it sounds to me like you guys look at their success like it's your own, right? Like it, it gets that personal and they can feel that, right? Like there's this one person, I man, I love this guy to death. Like he's my longest standing client, my one of my very first clients to this day, never stopped. He's the one that actually never took much of a break other than when he went on vacation. There'd be few hiccups and hurdles along the way, but it would be maybe max two weeks or three weeks. Life will happen and we'll jump right back on the horse. And uh, his name's Amit Kenwar. And, you know, he's the owner of Punjab Jewelers in Edmonton. Trained him and his wife and then just started to train him at one certain point. And it's just being a part of this transformation as a personal trainer, you know, stepping in when I was so new to it to then taking everything I've learned and just applying it on him in his basement, you know, like taking it a step further, going into his house, being a part of his celebrations, you know, Christmas would roll around, exchanging gifts, having a drink together, you know, and just like kind of creating some of these moments and memories and, and conversations beyond what we're offering, I think is what really made him want to continue because it anchored him and my training gave him a chance to actually train. Something really cool he always said was like, man, he's like, if it weren't for you coming over, if it weren't for you being my trainer, I wouldn't work out. And I think a lot of business owners feel this way. And a lot of people, as we us three know, like your, your, your business is what you think about 24 seven and coming into his life and then seeing him, you know, be the man he is and the husband and then now being a father. And like, it's cool to like have someone in your life for three and a half years and you're part of these huge milestones that they're creating, you know, not only physically, but mentally, but also in their personal life. So I, I think for me, what makes me keep my clients is when I look at their success as mine, like what they're going through, I have to feel like, okay, if I was going through this, one, what would it feel like? And two, what would I do? If, if they're asking for unsolicited advice, like what, what, what can I give this person? You know, so I think those people are dope, man. I think a lot of times they make us um, who we are in the careers that we choose to do. And I've never asked this question to you guys. And I think it's important for us to kind of take a, take a second to appreciate some of those people that have been around for that long. For sure. I want to add to this is that um, I went to the vault conference in the summertime and uh, one of the keynote speakers, uh, his name was uh, Will Guerrera. And I had no clue who this guy was. Um, but turns out he ran uh, the number one ranking restaurant in the entire world in New York City, which was his. Um, and Patrick David was interviewing him and he was asking, okay, what was the process for you to rank number one? What, what were those specific things that made you stand out to be number one. And he, he wrote a book, Will Guerrero, he wrote uh, Unreasonable Hospitality. So for those business owners, individuals who want to, uh, I would plug that in if, uh, for another book for anyone who wants to read that. But basically he brought up, he's like, they're in the moments for your customers. So for example, he said a group of girls had walked into his restaurant. It was a, it was a, it was an evening. And, you know, obviously his restaurant is 
you know, high end fine dining. So it's already the experience walking in, sitting down, picking your menu items. Those things are obviously standard and more than exceptional, already impressive. Now, one of the ladies at the table was like, man, this New York City trip was amazing, but man, I wish I would have had a New York style hot dog. That's what I missed. We did everything in New York City. That's the one thing I wish I would have got. Will hears this. He's walking around the restaurant. He hears this. He puts on his jacket, runs across the street to a New York hot dog stand, grabs a hot dog, brings it back to his Michelin star chef, and is like, hey, uh, I need you to plate this up, make it look fancy. And his chefs are looking at him like he has four eyes. It's like, this is an $8 hot dog on the street. You want me to plate this and make it look five star? He's like, yeah, do it. So they ended up doing it. He brings the play out. He's like, hey, I, uh, I just overheard your conversation that you wanted a New York style hot dog. So here's an appetizer uh, of a New York style hot dog. We, I, I brought it for you. And she was like, whoa, what? The owner's bringing me a New York style hot dog? So that's one that's one story that stands out. And another story is a guy walks in, same thing, kind of talking to his homies. And he's like, man, I got so busy on this work trip in New York City. I forgot to get my, uh, my daughter a teddy bear. Her birthday's tomorrow and I'm flying back home. Same thing. Here's this, gets into his car, drives to a store, grabs a teddy bear because this guy's flying out literally that night and brings it over to the table. I was like, hey, you know, this is for your daughter. I know I don't want you to have any regrets because you came to, because you obviously came and found this important to come to my restaurant to have this experience. You know, here's a teddy bear. So I think my point to this is, is that those things, we're not getting paid for those things. Those experiences where you go above and beyond, you're not getting paid for that. But the experience that you bring to the table goes above and beyond, and you go above and beyond that sort of exceptional experience, that is everything. That makes a person think, should I stick with Brave or should I, should I go, to good, go to Good Life or some other martial arts studio? That to them is going to be like, no way. You know, this experience, this culture, ITD, Q Films. Like I always think about it. I'm like, how do I go above and beyond from just serving photos and videos and doing media and marketing? You know, and I, when I went to the vault, the guy that was helping coordinate with me he got me, he, he wrote me a handwritten letter, signed at the bottom, and he gave me a $20 Starbucks gift card. They said, thank you so much for, for giving me the chance to walk you through the, the conference. He doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to give me a Starbucks. He didn't, and I realized, I was like, this is the, these are the moments where that I'll always remember. And I'm sure that any of your clients will feel the same way. There's always that one or two, three moments where they're like, man, I'm sticking to this guy. I'm sure Amit has that sort of, uh, those moments, those Christmas exchanges, the fact that you would go to his house, you didn't have to do that. You could have been like, hey, just you know, come. We have an entire gym in our basement. Just come over. We'll do it here. You decided to get in your car, grab your gear, go to his house. Like those, that's the extra step. And even if you went further, where you're now, you have a relation, like a friendship, you're sharing maybe a drink together. Those are the things that they remember. And then that's when, whenever he has that moment of, man, oh, Kenny's a little, little pricey, or oh, I don't know, you know, he's, you know, I don't know if I should go with somebody else. Those moments come back into their memory and say, no, nah, I got to stick with this person. Mm -hmm. That's so good. 
It is, man. Yeah. Like, I find that the experiences in which you're talking about that you create for anybody is like, number one, you're, you're providing something that gives them a lot of joy, right? You're meeting an unfulfilled need. And at the same time, you're doing something that makes them stay longer. And that, that reminded me, I love how you said culture. That's a word that I'm thinking about every single day when we're at our academy is what culture do we have without even saying it? What is the feeling people get when they walk in, right? And it's it's funny, our, our contractor today actually asked us this, you know, we're just sitting down with him. He's like, so what do you guys think? Like, how do you think your students feel from moving in the basement to being in the, this, the new space? How do they like it? And we're like, you know, like if KB answered, he's like, we could put it in one way. The fact that people don't want to leave, like the fact that the class is done, people are hanging out, mm-hmm. they're talking, they're chatting. They could go home and bounce the moment class is done. They have a life. They got things to do. They got people to see, but they stay there is, is a testament to not only how we've made this space look, but, but how comfortable we make people feel to express themselves. I think, you know, going back to our point, that's what makes people stay. You know, your example, like, someone who gets that hot dog or someone that gets that teddy bear, they feel listened to, like literally. Mm-hmm. Like that, 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 that's, that's a need that all of a sudden, they're not expecting this restaurant owner to fulfill because it's like, man, you're, you, your job is to give me food, right? You come to Brave, my job is to teach you martial arts. Now, if I go beyond that, it's a bonus. Mm-hmm. And right? it's and it's those little things. It's not. It's not. It doesn't have to be. I gotta add. You know. I gotta change up the curriculum every day or the classes every. It doesn't have to be that. It's the. It's the. It's you taking that moment. And Ken, you're you're amazing at this. Taking the moment to listen, and taking a moment to understand who's across from you, and making them feel special, making them feel heard, making them feel like, oh man, the owner of this gym, like listens to me. Yeah. There's 30, 40 other, 50, 60 other people in this in this gym, but he hears me. He understands me. And he understands more than that. Maybe it's maybe it's personal life. Maybe you connect to them on that level. So I mean, there's a million different examples of how you could do this, but that to me is the key to retaining and not only retaining, you know, building up and scaling up. And I wonder if like you have something to add to this crumb when it comes to not showing something new and shiny every day as far as the material goes. Well, right? when, when you realize that most of mastery and everything is very fundamental, is learning basics over and over again, then it's, it's more like the approach, like just to, I guess, add on to what you guys already said, because I think the, the two stories that you guys, or three stories you guys shared were really good. I sometimes just see it as like if I'm outside of the gym and I see a kid, right? Is the kid excited to run up to be like, hey, how you doing? What are you doing here? Or are they like, oh, there's coach. Let's just hide in the corner, right? Because if there's, I've been in moments where I've been on both sides. I'm very excited to see somebody who I looked up to. And I've been also very uh, careful on which hallway I walk in so I don't run into the, the person, right? Based on who it is. So I think like it's like you guys are talking about is like the experiences go outside of the actual 
form of what they're paying for. Like uh, I had parents tell me, I don't know why my kid always wants to come see you when their knees are hurting. You're not even a physio, right? But I'll share like little things or uh, they'll like treat me like a therapist at times, you know, and, it, and that, that goes back to the experiences, the conversations you're having outside of basketball. For me, basketball is the outlet that I get to use to communicate to these kids. For you, it's martial arts. For you, it's being able to create stories and create somebody's life, uh, how they want to portray it. But I think at the end of the day, it's very simple. We're all human. And if you can have that human connection and care, just be good people. I think um, it goes a long way because in this day and age, is and I'm sure in every day and age, I'm sure every day and age, somebody always said in this day and age, it's harder, but it's like that all the time. It's harder to do the right thing sometimes. And you have to choose to do the right thing always. Yeah. And I always say this too, is like, is um, there's a million videographers in the city videographers, videographers, photographers, people in the media space, and it's just getting more saturated as the years go on. What's, why, why is someone choosing Q films? Why would they choose Q films? Not just from the portfolio standpoint, not just from, okay, our, our and, I, and I tell, I tell my guys this all the time. I'm like, we're not, our stuff isn't the best cinematic 4K commercial, like it's good, like I, I, I'm really prideful in the work that we do and what we create, but are we the best? Probably not. I'm sure there's some guys out in Edmonton that are doing some crazy videos that look Hollywood-esque, but why do people choose to work with us? And, you know, I, I gave them a moment to think about this and I was like, it's because of us. It's because they like us. How do we build that relationship? How do I build a relationship, a trusting relationship with the person across from me? How do I make them feel trusted and listened and heard and feel good so that they will sign that contract? They feel comfortable and they know that I'm going to take care of them no matter what. That to me is why we work with the people we work with and how we've been able to build business. <coughs> it's that one-on-one, -on -one, taking the time, listening to their needs and there's been multiple uh, times where I've had new inquiries for clients that I know that aren't right for me. They're not a right fit. Could I take that paycheck? Absolutely. I could easily say, yeah, come, come, yeah, we'll, we'll do, your, do your videos for you or this and that. No, I, just, I straight up, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'll be honest. Like, I think, you know, we're not a right fit because of X, Y, Z. Not that I don't want to take you on as a client, but I think that there's somebody out there that understands this more. That's more of an expert. That's better at this. However, if you still want me to take it on, I'm just letting you know. I'm just, the honest truth is this is how it is. It's almost like if someone came to you or someone came to you, you said, you know, your, the kid came to you to, because his knees were hurting. You're not a physiotherapist, but they still came to you or at least brought the idea <laughs> to come to you. So yeah. it's, it's one of those things, man, where you, it's, it's all about creating trust. It's all, and how can you create that trust? And it goes above and beyond what you offer. It goes above and beyond your services. It goes above and beyond your products. It's about that feeling, that emotion, that, that that's what it's all about. Hmm. That's so true. I think uh, everything, I was thinking about this recently, everything is a brand, like how people talk about personal branding and all, all forms of different branding, especially now. And this is because I was looking at watches, right? And to, uh, average 
consumer of watches that doesn't like look into it, like what's the difference between this $20,000 one and why not get this $500 one, right? They both look the same. But for me, as I was trying to explain this, it was more so because like I was so far into the story of the watch itself and how it started and hearing all of that, that I'd see it no different than like the stories, like when people leave training, they get to share a story, right? So it's like whatever that story you're building creates that connection. Just like a, a watch brand or an actual brand, your day-to-day -day interactions with the people that you're around, what story would they share with somebody else? That's what I think keeps people coming back. No. You guys are just dropping facts right now. <laughs> so let's say someone's listening to this right now and they're actually thinking of somebody who they're at risk of no longer being a client anymore. Like life's happening to them. Maybe they're just not really responding as much. They're still paying you, but you just notice they're showing up differently, right? But maybe not even showing up as much. What, what would you do in that situation? And, you know, being the topic that we want to retain, who we have, we want to keep who we have. You don't grow by gaining five new clients this month and losing 10 existing. You're going backwards. So <coughs> this is a very interesting topic for me in my landscape of what I do. And it's things I am thinking about as of late. So I want to bring it up to you guys. Uh, you know, have you been in that situation? Has there been a winning opportunity based off how you handled it? Or if you haven't, what advice would you give to our audience where someone right now is like, you know, they're about to lose this person and um, they they want to find a way to still help them. They still want to find a way to, they know they can be helped, but that person's not putting as much effort, time, energy into it as they did in the beginning. You want me to start? Sure. Um, well, well, first off, I think that there's always a reason for people showing up. And I've talked about this on, on other pods as well, is that, you know, when someone walks into work, they're, sometimes they're not gonna put their best foot forward. They woke up, maybe they got into a car accident, maybe their mom yelled at them, maybe, you know, their girlfriend broke up with them, whatever, whatever that is. So you know that day's gonna be shit. Their mind's gonna be elsewhere. Um, and same with clients. Clients are gonna walk into your gym, they're not gonna be as motivated as when they first started, maybe. Maybe they got life's busy. Maybe they were excited just like, you know, you have a New Year's resolution and you start and you're like, oh man, I'm gonna start jujitsu. I'm gonna start at this new gym. It's all fun and games. And then all of a sudden, you know, life starts to take, you know, a swing or whatnot. But there's always a reason. There's always something that's happening that might not be showcased when you guys are providing your services. And, um, and obviously you notice it how hard they're going, their mood, maybe their shoulders are shrugging, maybe they leave class early, maybe, you know, all these things. So I, I, I can't speak on the gym experience because I'm not in the industry, but I can speak on my own experiences that there's always a reason why someone either lets you go or decides to take a different route. And it's your job to pull that out of them. It's your job to get honest feedback. And how do you get that honest feedback? I mean, there's multiple ways, but depends on how comfortable they are with you. Some, some people will provide anonymous surveys. If you can provide an, I try to give anonymous surveys to some of my clients that have left in the past and just say, hey, there's no pressure. This would truly help my business. I know you're looking at other, other production companies or other, other individuals to work with. 
this takes maybe less than two minutes, I would love for it. It would really help us get to the next level and grow. Maybe there's something I said in a meeting. Maybe there's something I did and maybe it just slipped my mind. I don't know. Maybe uh, I got busy that one month and I didn't respond for two weeks. And that was the thing that ticked them off, right? In the corporate world, it's all about communication. The moment you stop communicating, you lose that person. They start ghosting you, right? So I think our job as business owners or individuals that work with other people and you see that, your job is to figure that out as fast as possible before they completely decide to switch gears. And however you uh, take that approach, however, and sometimes they're not willing to come up to you and tell you the honest truth. You guys know this. Yeah, what they're saying and what they're thinking are two very different things. Yeah, then they're not comfortable to tell you the real reason. But if you can give them a lane to be able to give you that feedback. So for example, what other companies do is like, maybe I am maybe I don't reach out to the client directly. Maybe it's my coordinator that reaches out and says, hey, you know, we noticed you're canceling your membership. You're canceling our contract, you know, would love to know, or maybe they call or whatever. And it's not me. And then they can vent to that person because now it's not me directly. But if I ask directly, they'd be like, oh, you know, you know, man, you know, got busy with the wife and, you know, things are changing, blah, blah, blah. They might make an excuse. So you actually don't get proper feedback. It's crazy. People don't want to shut you down. They don't. And they feel like they, they just don't want to be a dick. Well, they don't want to, they don't want to hurt your feelings. Is that, that's, yeah, that's the yeah. entire thing. And that's very Canadian, saying. hey? <laughs> I think it's very, I wonder if this is how it goes in America. I don't think it's as, this is a very Canadian no, actually, thing. It is a Canadian thing, but I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, you know, it was good. It was yeah. good. But that's the thing is, that's the thing is they might not be comfortable giving you that feedback, Kenny. So you have, your job is to figure out how to get that feedback. Maybe it's anonymous. That's brilliant. Maybe it's somebody else on your team that is able to reach out to them so that they feel more comfortable telling you. And you know what? At the I, end I wanna, of the day, it's it's tough. I want to personally work on this because there's a whole book on this, Radical Candor by Kim Scott. And just being just unapologetically honest for the sake of someone bettering themselves. And just approaching it that way. Be like, hey, I, I think we're about to have a very uncomfortable conversation. And this is, once again, for the betterment of me being able to do what I do better. Um, and now, now it's the way I frame the question. Not going, are there some things that are pushing you away from, from you continuing with me and in, 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 in you being my client? Instead, it's like, what are some things I've done recently that have made you question or decide that it's not as exciting anymore to work with me? Right. Like just getting to the bottom of it. Yeah. And, right? and here's the so thing. That's not easy to do as well. Right. And here's the thing too, uh, Kenny, is that not everybody's the right fit for you either. That's true. And things change. You know, at the end of the day, sometimes it's just not working out sometimes at the end of the day it's like fuck it i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to train anymore at this gym it could just be as simple as that but you don't know and the our job is to figure out why that is and if you can get that if there's different lanes that you can kind of get that feedback now it allows you to get a better understanding for the next person that walks in now you have three or four uh pieces of feedback you know and you see a pattern of why people leave the idea is to see a pattern and then close the leaks from there. So. Man, Socrates ain't got nothing on cashes, bro. <laughs> Man, spitting bars tonight, yo. <laughs> Holy. Well, yeah, because I'm not going to be talking much on the relationship part. No, so, no, no, I no. That's my... what I was going to say. This is a perfect segue. But before we do, do you want to recap on anything on that topic, my brother? 
No, I think everything that's needed to be said is said. Let's move on to relationships <laughs> no. with cashes. Yo, perfect segue because everything that he just said, does that not apply in relationships too, right? So here's the thing. If you're still with us right now, <laughs> things are about to get spicy. A shout out. It's getting hot. Okay, so here's the thing. Relationships. I think if you're in with what Cassius was saying and from the business side of things, and now you're feeling this exact way in your relationship where things just aren't going well. And by well, I mean like you're you're frustrated. You're not feeling like the same sense of, I don't know, belonging and excitement that was in the beginning. You're in the wrong relationship, right? I want us to talk about the honeymoon phase. I want us to talk about how in business, there may be an opportunity with someone where you're the paid client or you're the person helping this individual and there's a means to an end. There will be a point where, hey, yeah, I've worked with you for three years. <laughs> I'm so I'm so work. excited to hear uh, Cash's oh, I'm pumped, thoughts bro. on all of this. So the thing is, oh, yes, relationships, they're not sunshine and rainbows every day. There's there's things you have to unfold. There's There's hard conversations you have to have. But in my opinion, there should always be a light at the end of the tunnel with the right person. And... I want to just talk about this with you guys and, and just talk about, you know, what's your guys' thoughts on this whole honeymoon phase thing? You know, the, the whole idea of there's different phases in relationship or, or people go, oh, you're in the honeymoon phase. You wait until X, Y, Z years in, blah, blah, blah. Um, do you guys believe in, in that sense of everlasting love with the person you're with? Or are you like, no, there's phases, there's ebbs and flows. It's like business. Uh, and, and you know, wh wh where do you stand there, uh, Karam? Let's start with you, man, and let's let's warm up. Damn. <laughs> um, I think, doesn't everything have its own honeymoon phase? Does it not? Like, think about it. Some of the things that you've purchased that you used to really want, and then all of a sudden you get it, and then months of having it, and you're, you don't, you don't go to it the same way as you used to go to it. The things I love the most, I still treasure. See, I'll tell you about it right now. I'm the, I'm, I, I was trying to get uh, the reverse Uno card out there early. See if, <laughs> yeah. see if anybody Let's would go. Let's disagree right yeah. away. But okay, so here's, here's my thought on it. The honeymoon phase doesn't exist for a lot of people because it, you're not grateful. You lose gratefulness for what that was from the start. What do you mean? Like, you mean it like, doesn't exist to begin with? No, like at the start, you when the feelings are gone, you have to have gratitude to be able to keep the honeymoon phase. And at least that's that's my opinion on it. So like when you get things, emotions can make you feel a certain way. You might be able to be excited on something without even feeling grateful for it. Right. But the further you get into, especially relationships, for me, like being married now for damn, I'm married. Shit. That's crazy. <laughs> It's the first time he admitted it publicly. Let's go. Everybody knows. That's a Turgistan. Actually, that's crazy. I haven't actually even posted that on. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was just saying it. No, I was just looking in yeah. retrospect, like being married now for, uh, I guess, a few months, which is nothing. I'm still in early stages of honeymoon phase, but everything has its own ups and downs. So I think like when you are truly appreciative and grateful towards things, and this is just like how my mom's always taught me to grow up religiously is 
instead of just being like, yeah, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that. You got to be a lot more humble than you are. Right. And that's something that moms has always told me to do. But as I even I'm just coming off being sick for three and a half weeks. Right. Different different variants. We got the U.S. variant on one side, Canadian bronchitis. I don't even know what's going on. So in the in that time, I had a lot of time to literally do absolutely nothing, just sleep. And I was starting to lose like motivation and just like I was getting feeling depressed out of nowhere. Right. I was like, man, what's the point of this? What's the point of that? And it wasn't until I actually started reading the translation of the Quran again. So it just started talking about being more grateful. Right. And the moment I started reframing my mind to be a little bit more grateful and started just saying, hey, thanks for being the best wife ever. Hey, thanks for making me food, mom. Hey, thanks for whatever it might be. Little things. Then I started feeling like the honeymoon phase feelings started coming back. Right. Like my day to day didn't feel as dreadful just because I was being sick. So I think the honeymoon phase exists and disappears when you lose gratitude. But if you can keep gratitude, you got to find ways. And everybody always says you're dating them for life. So you got to find different ways to be able to to bring that out and create moments that you can be grateful for rather than just live on the past moments of how it started. And this segues onto our main what contender. What do you think, uh, Kenny? What, what's your, what are your thoughts on, on this? I'll get to that. I just want to know first and foremost on your end. Damn. You, uno reverse. Uno reverse. <laughs> oh, I tried worry. to pull the uno. He went, yeah, yeah. Uno reverse. He went, yeah, I did. But like for you, man, do you believe in the honeymoon phase? Uh, I think the honeymoon phase is, uh, is just the fact that it's novel. Right, like it's it's a novel thing. It's new, it's fresh. That's 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 what I think the honeymoon phase is. So I guess to answer your question, I I do believe in it. Now I agree with everything that Karam said. At the same time, it's it's about gratitude. It's about finding ways to um, share new experiences with your significant other and and learning about them and not taking things for granted and understanding your path with them right it's easy for us to get washed up in the day-to-day you know work and life and things and then things start to get mundane you know there was one thing that i learned from um one of my professors we ended like back in university we were doing this uh uh yoga um experiment it was like not yoga experiment basically it's kind of like yoga but kind of yoga slash meditation and he basically, it was kind of like, at first it was kind of stupid, but I understood the reasoning behind it. So what he did was he gave us a, um, he gave us a, I think it was a cranberry. He gave everybody in the class a cranberry. He told us to put the cranberry on our tongue and close your eyes, put it on your tongue and just roll, roll the cranberry around in your, t- uh, like around your tongue. Close your eyes and just then as we're closing our eyes and we're doing this, it's like, what the fuck, what the fuck are we doing? Like, this is kind of weird, but whatever. He's like, do you guys feel the texture? Do you guys smell the cranberry? Do you guys hear the cranberry in your mouth? All these little like senses, as simple as that exercise was, his whole point was, was that even though it's just a cranberry and a lot of us will just chuck it in our mouths and, and, and consume it. 
It's like that cranberry has so many different layers to it if you pay attention to the cranberry. So the idea is going back to relationships is that sometimes we can feel that certain parts of it are mundane because we overlook those details. We overlook those layers. So how can we pay more attention to our partner? How can we pay more attention to our relationship? How can we be better in our relationship? How can we be better partners? Because again, at the end of the day, we're not perfect as human beings, right? How do you specifically pay attention to your partner? <laughs> oh man, the cranberry experiment, baby. <laughs> Let's get it. I, I feel like both of you are making a point though. I mean, you, you have to continuously be grateful for the person you're with and you have to like, let's just put it this way. This really made me realize that when you, when you are, are trying to dissect your relationship in different phases, you're already walking into it. Like it's some novel with, this beautiful introduction now this rising action oh there's this climax there's going to be there's going to be some some issues that need to be arising now all of a sudden you're getting really used to what the relationship is and falling not, action yeah falling action you you're go. not as excited anymore then you get new you're life so, new because you're so yeah no but i mean you're that's so used to them yeah. but i think that that's a wrong way of reviewing relationships is like i talked about this with Breeti just earlier on today and it really made me kind of realize it's less about what you're doing in the relationship. And the way she put it is like, well, it's who you're with. You know, that's how I interpret it. It's like, it's, it's not what you're doing that's making this honeymoon phase last forever. Oh, you gave me flowers or, oh, you, you call me beautiful every day or you talk to me. Like all, all those things I think are just standards of like what you should just do anyway when you're, you're with someone you really care about. But it's the person you are that excites this person to this person to, to keep loving you, to keep supporting you, to, to keep nurturing what it is that you, you and them have, you know? So it's, it's not what you're doing for the person that makes this yeah. love everlasting. It's who you are. And if that's something that isn't being respected, if that's something that all of a sudden you're noticing a change, don't accept the fact that you're out of this honeymoon phase and, and you're sitting with your significant other. This is to our audience listening to this and you're going, well, we're just in that hard phase right now. Well, it's like, well, wait, wait a second. I think a few things led up to this for us to now really come off this hostile and for us to now no longer respect us the way we did. And maybe that was blinded by, let's just say the passionate sex or it was blinded by- Damn, the, bro, don't be bringing up those words. My mom's gonna be over <laughs> No, no, this is to anybody. I'm just saying like for people that are listening to this that- my, they're wondering, well, what is different now? Now that you're so used to being with this individual, what is it that kind of maybe blinded you by it in the beginning? Or maybe now that that's fizzled out, what is, what is left for you to respect this person? So the way I'm looking at it is like, you know, I'm one and a half years in with who, who I'm with. And, you know, there's, there's, no, there's not ever a time since beginning to this day where I'm like, oh, but there's this thing about them. Or, oh, this could be a red flag. It's like, since day one to this day, they proved to me in the person that they are, and I would like to say vice versa, that, you know, this phase, I want it to be for forever. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't wanna ever feel like it's not as exciting anymore. And I'm sure people who've been with 
their significant other for 5, 10, 15 years, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, well, you'll see. Well, I mean, like, at what point did you reach uh, where you got too comfortable? Yeah. You know, you, 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 you just, like, stopped trying. Or you're, as much as you change, because this I believe in, you are going to change. There yeah. is going to be better versions of yourself, hopefully. There's going to be worse versions. But ultimately, that foundation that you, you, um, you've laid for that person at the point you, you came across with them, it's still there. That's where it's unfair. Where it's like, oh, well, you've changed. I'm a different person. It's like, yeah, I could change. But guess what? I still value respect. I still value trust. I still value joy. That didn't change. Yeah. You know, now that I like Reese's Pieces instead of Cinnamon Toast Crunch doesn't make me a different person. Right. <laughs> but like as a small Psychopath. example of some things that might change. So I love this topic, man, because like I think we live in a better world if people were in a better relationship. Right. Yeah. And I guess even like if honeymoon phase ends, it doesn't mean that the relationship is done. I think people are too, too easy to quit on uh, something really good. Um, but yeah, it's just like like you were talking about the little things. If things change, I always try to think about like what is it? What could I do with my wife that would be us? Like twenty years down the road, it could be something as simple. And this is what I came up with: a simple walk. If we just walked every day, right together, it's not even what we're doing, but it's we're creating a habit, a memory. And then it's like when you're holding hands and you're old and your hands are wrinkly, you could still remember back to the time where they were there with you from that early moments, right? And it's it's not glamorous. It's not like crazy, but it's you choosing to commit to doing something that you know in the long run is going to be creating those memories yeah. or, or like adding to your relationship. And then there's plenty of fun things that happen in between, right? Like you you get to experience their humor while doing something, their uh, thoughts on something. But the red flags I did look for at the start. But me, it's just because I was moving a little bit differently on it. So uh, how I kind of, I agree with you. People change, but the core, I I know I'm different than how I was when I first met my wife. What's that like looking for red flags? Like, is that kind of like a you just kind of like like picture someone in an interview interviewing someone well, and they're just like I'm just waiting well, for this like person. Well like at now. the at the start like how Omid was talking about sometimes we're just not the right fit for the the person on the other side, right? In terms of corporate, right? So I I almost saw it as a like a little bit more strategically at the start where I wasn't opposed to saying, you know, you're not the right fit for me. You you could be beautiful, you could be so and so. I wasn't like all of a sudden just lost in beauty. Right. Like I was like, OK, are we a good fit or not? Because here are my core values. What are your core values? If things outside of those core values change, then, yeah, people are changed. People are going to grow. But if those core values end up not aligning with mine, maybe I shouldn't be in it in the in the because I think sometimes people have that reversed. They have like the little things that they're uh, aligned with, but their core values are so different that years down the road when people change, there's a way of changing your whole self and it's the core. And then there's the little stuff. If there's little stuff, that's how I looked at it. It's like, if I can, I'm okay with her changing. She's all of a sudden like, I don't like Frank's red hot. I like Cholula hot sauce. I don't care. I like Cholula I'm hot sauce. Up on Cholula yeah, we're now. Little, right? I'm not gonna be like, okay, she's changing this. What's next? What's next? 
But I know like from uh, if we're raising kids and having kids, the core is going to be the same. So people will change. That's my perspective on it that I looked at it whereas uh, like is this person's core going to change? And if it's not, then ride or die, right? At the end of it, I'm sticking with her till till death do us apart. Twist. Man, I love that. How to, how to retain, we should call this pod, how to retain Our wife. your wife and yeah. client <laughs> at the same damn time. Yeah. Your wife and client. Yeah. <laughs> so for you, Cassius, like, how important is, <laughs> is, is love for you? Because for me, man, like, uh, like loving the right person and, yeah. and, and having love in my life, you know, it's, that's, that's like my fuel, man. Like that, that, that's what motivates me to be like the best version of myself Pretty in everything motivation. I do. Oh, big time, man. Yeah, that's yeah. my twinkle, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, like I just like, <laughs> like yeah. I'm telling you, like yeah. it just sets the tone for the day. And I want to work harder. I want to, I want to be the best version of myself mm-hmm. because of her, because of that. So for you, like, how do you use love as a motivational tool? Um, do you even, or, or, or does, does this shit, is this shit just too sappy for you? Are you, are you, are you kind of like, a, are you like a nah, man? Like either way, it don't matter. Like, well, like how do you define, how does love shape the way you move? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think having the right woman beside you is, I think, one of the most important things. I think, if not the uh, most important choice you can make as a as a man. So, if that person is giving you that thought of you wanting to be motivated in the morning, and they set that tone, that's a good sign. That means you know you probably have the right person. If that person is. Uh, has your back is if that person, you know, there's going to be dark days you're going to have that you're going to get sick. You're going to, you're not going to be motivated. You, you know, you have some personal shit and they can, they can be that layer of support, not saying they have to hold your hand, but if, if they're there, you know, and they can get through that with you because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like you said, relationships aren't sunshine and rainbows. There's going to be the dark times and, if they can get through that, whether it's personally or together, if they can get through that with you, if you can get over that low, you come off, you know, if you, you, you'll come off, you know, bigger and stronger. It's the same thing in business, right? So I think for me, I don't see it as my love isn't quote unquote daily motivation or operational execution. That's completely separate. Where I see love playing a factor is everything outside of that and that is a cup that needs to be full hopefully that person and it's not just about that person filling that cup it's both both sides and me purposely filling that cup properly at the same time you know her filling that cup up properly so i think i don't i don't get up and be motivated i'm not getting up and getting motivated by my partner necessarily for a specific task however when I think about where her and I are going to be five years from now, 10 years from now, those are the things that excite me. And those are the dreams and the motivations that I have together. You know, I always bring it up to my partner and I always tell her, I'm like, Hey, 
you know, we're going to, what, what, how many vacations are we going to have? Um, where are we going to, we, you know, create a travel bucket list. We, what kind of house we always talk about, you know, what would it be like to have a house together? Where would we want that house? What would, would, would it be like, what would we do if, and when we have kids, what does that look like? How does that look like? I'll throw multiple scenarios at her. That's uh, just, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And I know the answer might change three, four, five years from now. That answer might not be the same today. And we've had that before. In our first year of having our relationship, the answers that were there in the first year are completely different to the answers today. Not all, some. And some have been surprising. Some have been like, whoa, why did that change? Where did that change? How did that change? And so... Again, at the end of the day, it's it's about like for me, it's about how how can we build something together in three, four, five years, and where can we if we're going on the same lane? Because at the end of the day, like Krom said, is like you could have two great people together, they could love each other, they could love each other, but they might not be the right fit. Because why? Because they might have two different visions of life. They might have two different visions of the future. Everything else is good. Family's good. Relationship's good. Love is good. Everything, all that, the pot is 80, 90% there, but there's that 10% missing. And that 10% is crucial because you want to go left, she wants to go right, but everything else is great. Everything else is perfect. What does that, what does that mean? What does that mean for you? And that communication aspect, that, that, that needs to be communicated. And you know, I think marriage and love, this is all, these are all gambles, bro. It's all a gamble. You can meet someone today. They could be your wife. They could be the person that you think is the person. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a hand you're picking out of the, out of the deck. And you're hoping that that hand is full. You're hoping you got all aces, baby. That's what you're hoping for. And you're trying to pick out the red flags. You're trying to not worry about this honeymoon phase. This is like, we want to just keep this like, it's got to be our normal thing. You don't know that. We don't know that. We don't at the end of the day. Damn, yo. Cassius is like that like toy commercial that just comes, barges in at the end and goes, but batteries not included. <laughs> hey, that was fire. It's a love. It's a future, but not guaranteed. <laughs> that was, that's just dropping these oh, bombs. Funny, bro. Hey, man, wow. Thank you for being so vulnerable there. Yeah, by of course, the way. man. Of course. I just got to add, there were no red flags before my ass gets whooped. <laughs> that's okay. But whoa, let's debunk a lot of this. So it's really interesting to hear how, for you, it's cool how you look at it where as long as whatever is being planned ahead in the future helps you and the other person make sense of where it's all going. But then as you continue to check in, if that the other person's idea of a future is very blurry to you because it's so far in the distance of what you're expecting your reality to look like or vice versa, it kind of makes you question whether or not you are on the same page with that person. It's, it's not even 10% about, potentially. It's not about, it's not about blurriness necessarily. It's not about like, you know, uh, like I, again, we can't predict the future either, right? We, we don't know, but if you guys are on it, like if you can be, or if you can try to be in sort of a similar lane and, and you, and you can express that and communicate that, right? 
If you can communicate that, then that that to me is important. For example, those core values. What if those like he's talking? I'm talking about core values. Those core values, if they don't align, but everything else aligns, that's the you know the not the illusion, but you're looking you're looking at the 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 one half, right? But you're ignoring the other. You know what I do with the other side? I I try not to ignore it. I try and like. What what Breeti and I do in these certain situations is what we'll, we'll ask each other and start with the question, help me understand, right? Like instead of approaching, <laughs> no, no, yeah. man, never. I think number one, you should never raise your voice at your significant no, no, other. It's like, not coming with any element of being pissed. It's just like, hey, so like, this is what you're thinking of doing, or this is, um, you know, something you decided. Help me understand how, you know you led to that or help me understand what what it will do for you right like these are things that we just genuinely are curious about instead of going on defense going on the the other approach of like actually maybe having a projected idea of what your significant other's future or your future with him will look like so you get defensive and you go what are you doing by doing this and then all of a sudden that then if you approach it that way does turn into it being an anxiety prone conversation you know one person not feeling heard of and another person being upset and that's not how conflicting situations with your significant other should be handled so i just wanted to bring that up where it's like it's cool it's kind of cool to hear because it's a very different mindset I do like the day by day by day by day and the future aspect. Yeah. It sounds like to me, you're like, well, the day by day doesn't really affect you as much, but you do think of the future. Yeah. Like for mm -hmm. me, for example, like I, you know, I've, I've, I, I've told her, I'm like, look, I'm a business owner and I do a million different things as well. I do podcasts, I do music, I do all these different things. And sometimes business time is like, it's crazy. It's crazy for me. And sometimes I'm not going to be, if you're looking for a husband that is going to be home at six o'clock, that's probably not going to be me every night. I'm probably not the guy that you want because there are women that want their husbands home so that they can spend movie night together and have, you know, bucket of ice cream and make dinner together and et cetera, et cetera. And that's great. That's fine and dandy. But um, there may, there may be some nights I can do that. There may be some nights, um, a lot of the time, especially if I'm building, maybe I'm out of town, maybe I'm doing this, maybe I'm doing that. I just want to let you know off the hop that if that is your picture in the next few years, that's probably not going to be me. Mm, you're setting a standard. And so I'm setting an expectation that, look, you can't be surprised. You can't be surprised when that time comes. So you know that... It's, 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 it's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't care for you. It's not that I don't want to spend time with you. I'm giving you the, my reality. And as the business grows, I'm probably going to get more busier. As things grow, I might get more busier. Now, it's not to say I'm not going to come and spend that evening with you. It's not like it's not going to be every night, but it might be. And at the end of the day, the line stops at me at, with my business. Have I, if I had a job, if I had a nine to five, I can I can shut off at four o'clock and we're we're chilling. That that isn't a problem. But had I not, if I don't accept, let and be be real honest with the person across from me and say, look, like this is my reality. You know, I and and it's and at the same time, she could look at that and be like, oh yeah, it's all good. But in the back of her head, she could be like, man, like that's not what I want. Well, I think it's I think it's really I think it's really honest and it's very scary to admit that to someone you're with 
because you're kind of telling them and laying out what your lifestyle and career is going to look like. And I feel like that's one part of the equation. But I want to know if you guys can figure this out with what I'm thinking. What's missing? What do you think is missing in that to give? Let's just say, let's just say even a woman says this to you. And let's reverse it. Imagine that being said to you. What would you, like, that's cool. They have every right. Oh, Cassius has every right to say that. But what else should be said if, if you were on the receiving end of that? Receiving end of what specifically? Uh, let's just say spark notes. What Cash just said is like, hey, this is my life. You got to be okay with it. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm not saying like, oh, like yeah. you tell me right now if you aren't, but this is how it's going to be. I may not be home every night, work events, evening. It's going to take my time. What would you hope to, to also hear on this? Because you're, 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 let's just say you're respecting. That's my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, okay, plus what's another part of this equation to actually make me go, yo, because you added that, I fuck with it. I don't know if it, I would ever get there. I, me on the other, on the other side of this, I think I'm more. I asked these questions earlier on because, like I said, I want to make sure that I f fall in love with the right person, and things just like once you know, you know. Like for example, with my wife, it is hands down completely different than anything I've ever experienced, right? Like it's just, I just knew, I didn't even have to think about it. In fact, I was trying not to tell her that I love her for, cause I started feeling it so early on, right? Like I was like, man, I could say it tomorrow, right? And I had to like push myself like, oh, what if this is a honeymoon phase? What if I say something and I hurt somebody's feelings because I said it too early, right? So when I, put those into consideration. The thing is, if had she come up to me and said, hey, look, I'm an entrepreneur. This is what I like to do. This is what I'm doing. For me personally, if it's not aligned with what I want and I do want, I need support, I need that person there for me, then we wouldn't feel the same way we're feeling right now is what I mean. I think the reason why we feel the way we feel towards each other is because I had my, my standards and she had her standards and we didn't fight to change those standards, right? That's, this is who you are. This is who I am. I love you. She loves me. And once you get to that point of this is who you are and this is who I am. And I already accept that before I love them. Then it's easier because then now it's like, I don't have the same conversations that you're talking about. Like, what would you do if that was to happen? Because I kill it so early on. I'm, I've met lots, not lots, but like I've talked to enough people where I, I see him and I'm like, you know, you're a great person, but you're not it for me, right? Like, but I, I can like picture them with somebody probably completely different that they would have a great life with. And that's fair because you're starting to get an idea of who is good for you, who isn't. Yeah, so I think early on, like I'm very intent or I was very intentional on being, this is, this is my expectation. These are my core values because my uncle used to tell me, pick, write down 20 things, then narrow it down to 10, and then narrow it down to five. And if you get three, marry her, right? Me, on the other hand, I was like, I want, I'm going to write down all 20, but I'm going to see like with, with wifey, I got all, everything I ever could ask for. There's not a single thing on that list that she doesn't meet. And the little things that might turn into arguments are simple little things like without rain, there is no sunshine as dumb as that is, right? Sometimes you like the arguments, we laugh about it. I'm like, man, we really don't argue at all. That like, we have to literally have arguments 
about something as little as this, just to, just to have something to compare it against, right? But I don't have those arguments or conversations simply for the fact that I refuse to get that far into anything unless I know what I'm getting into. So I wouldn't have the scenario that you're laying out. I just wouldn't have that scenario. Batteries not included. Well, I mean, the scenario that I'm laying out is more so less of a scenario and more of just a way you you go about um, this thinking about and factoring in the person you're with through the process. So I'm by no means like not saying or expecting you should have said this because you're coming from a place of I and, and how where you're coming from in the relationship. I just wanted to see if you guys would like in the topic of now including the the person you're you're wanting to spend your life with, where they come into the picture. So if we're putting this into equation, the way I'm thinking of it in my head is you have every right to say everything you did, plus, so now that's your life, that's how you're imagining it, plus their life. How did they imagine the way they live their life, right? What's perfect world scenario? When do you want to be home? When do you want to work? What do you want to achieve? How do you want to go about all that, right? Then it's, okay, now I'm going to tell you how I want us. And now, now, as much as I'm respecting my business and I'm, I'm planning all of it and how it's going to look, what, what is it going to look like for us? And I want to know what you think it's going to look like for us, right? And then those kind of things come out where it's like, I want us to travel. So every three months, I don't care if it's if we go to the mountains. I don't care if it's we got we to gotta unplug. We got to go out for a week, go see the world, come back. But that's something I'm throwing in the mix. No matter how busy I get, and this is this is me kind of speaking from what I want. It's like once a year, I want us to go somewhere, right? And then it's like, hey, you know what? Once a week, if we can, it doesn't have to be extravagant, but it's like, let's plan a date night. Let's let's have uninterrupted time spent together. But now I'm in a way in the relationship making the person understand like, this is my life. It's a roller coaster, but here's here's where I want you to fit into it. So I'm just wondering like, if you guys think that's fair to think that way, um, and 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 adding that into what you also personally want, because we're all business owners, and let's face it, we all fucking love what we do. Mm-hmm. If we could do it more, we would. <laughs> but we know sleep, working out, and our loved ones matter. But it's like, how can we make the person we're with? Because there's a lot of other business owners that listen to our show. And they're trying to balance it all. They're trying to survive in their their business and their relationships. They're trying to thrive in both. It's a never ending joy of keeping the teeter totter balance. So, so I'll, I'll I'll add to this, and this is something that you know Cardone said in one of his clips. He said, "I don't want if I have to give up my dreams for the person that I'm with. I, I don't want that. Like that that is not what I'm gonna do." So selfishly, as guy who we are, we have dreams and goals and, and aspirations that we want to achieve. So how does this person ac- across from us fit that realm? And how can we sell that vision to that person and hope, hoping that they are willing to, not to say that our, our dreams are the only things that matter, of course, our partners have dreams, goals, aspirations of their own. But what does that look like three, four, five years from now? Right? You, you, you're not gonna stop. Right? If you the person if 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 Priti or 
that person, that partner across from you said, yeah, like, you know, this gym lifestyle is not going to work five years from now when we have a family. I don't think that's going to work, Kenny. You love this person. You've built a relationship with this person. You've done everything. They, you know, they might have a different lifestyle or whatnot. And they say, yeah, you know what, Kenny? Like, yeah, cool. It's cool right now. You're your bachelor life. Like, you're doing your thing. And like, we're not married yet. But like, just so you know, like when we raise a family, this, this is going to change. Like, you can't be this ambitious. Like, maybe one gym, maybe you have a manager. Like, you know, we got to think about us now. We got to think about my, like, I'm going to be running a, a business too. I'm going to be busy too. So, you know, like, got to think about us. How is that going to make you feel? You're going to be like, and again, this, these are scenarios I'm bringing that are just like that devil's advocate of like, how would you feel in that scenario? And, you know, at the end of the day, I feel personally that a wife or a partner who is, 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 will be beside you for the long term is someone that's going to understand your dreams, your goals and aspirations and make it work with theirs. Yeah, like if, you're, if your idea of success is, is needing you to be at your business at a certain time and now your significant other is giving you ultimatums around whether or not um, they're gonna be with you or you're gonna feed the relationship because now you can't do what you love, then, then they don't love you because they, they, they know they should realize this makes them so happy. Babe, you're this, always doing this podcast on Sunday nights. Sunday nights are for the family. Sunday okay. nights are for the family, Kenny. Then the first thing I would do we in that can't, case. What, you know, like, I can't, I don't know if I can handle this anymore. Like, sure, it was great when you were 28. Yeah. Is it stop doing the podcast? Or is it stop, stop doing it at that time? Because those are two different issues. If I realize that it's actually coming in the way of them feeling like they're not having so much time with me and I could go to my podcast team and be like, boys, is there a way we can pod at a different time? I will make the effort to do that because it's coming in the way of the person I'm with finding joy together. But it's a different issue if they're all of a sudden going and they know it makes me so happy to express myself, to have some level of creativity, to, to, to just hang out with the boys, yeah. right? Like all these reasons. And if, if they know how happy it makes me, but they're trying to come in the way and sabotage that from happening, that's a different issue. Yeah. That's, you're now not loving a part of me because this was, this was one, what you've seen since day one, but two, like if, 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 you, if you have an issue with it, that, that's, that, that's a concern. Yeah. Right? Like you shouldn't have to give up certain parts of you because let's face it let's let's take the podcast aspect away i love being a conversationalist i love asking questions i love learning from my friends and guests okay well if i'm not gonna do it on the podcast now i'm gonna do it off air now, now but but now no one gets to listen and, and be a part of the conversation now that the whole concept of me wanting a community is gone so you're gonna take that away from me when that's such a part of me so if someone did whoever you know i'm with were to raise that and i know they never would but if you're saying they would that that would be a concern mm -hmm. right that would be one of those situations where now you have to start questioning like okay and this happens this unfortunately does happen but that's what in, that's what i'm in, saying in relationships for for other people yeah and i think when that happens you gotta you, you gotta question them you gotta rightfully so question them you because now guess what if that ends up happening, you're getting a lesser version of your significant other now. You truly are. And you're, 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 you're sucking the joy and life out of them. 
And now you're dealing with a narcissist. <laughs> like at that point, you got to kind of realize like they're taking things away from you, which isn't fair, right? So, man, this is this is a dope topic. Yeah, it's like like when I was talking about red flags and what I kind of look for. It's not even red flags. It's just making sure things align with what aligns with me. And one of what we're talking about here is purpose, right? My my thing was if my partner can push me towards my purpose or can be a part of my purpose, then we can coexist. Yeah. But if those aren't met, that's one of the core things that it just, I could tell it instantly it wasn't the match. Yo, I'm so glad you said that because that actually reminds me of the Cardone situation. You know what Cardone did? You know what he did? He put his wife on payroll. But you know what his wife did? From my understanding, looking from the outside in. He put her, he, she put him on payroll. Yeah, yeah. No, but, no way. But, but okay, but it's funny you say that because <laughs> what I was about to say is kind of related. And by all means, I'm a fan of it. Yeah. She saw what he's building. He's like, okay, here's what I want. She's his biggest hype person. She's like, I love what you're doing. I see it. And he goes, do you want to be a part of it? Yeah. Who better? Yeah. Now we get to spend more time. That's the dream. Now I get, now I get to actually, you, you're the most honest person to me. Preeti and I talk about that. You know, she's co-founder of Brave, like rightfully so. Like we we joke about that sometimes. We talk about it. She is just as much Brave as I am. There's so many ideas I bounced off of her. There's so many things I brought to her attention that she's brought into the business. And we talk about it with her law firm, with Pablo's coming out. Like we once, I'll never forget this conversation. It was so awesome. I mentioned things that she has that I don't have as far as skill and vice versa. And we started talking about how like I wanted to treat her firm like it was mine. She wanted to treat my academy like it's hers. And we wanted to move in a way where those two things are our babies. And like there's things that I'm going to do and she's going to do, even if they're like, you know, banter back and forth talking about what our day looked like, what's to come at the end of the night. That's a meeting. Like at the end of the day, that's going to translate over into how we move the next day and for our futures. But then also stepping into each other's facilities, having a role to play. You know, like she's she's done just as much strategy for Brave as I'm hoping I could do for, you know, what she plans to do marketing wise. But it's just taking things that we both are good at and, and find joy in and being like, yeah, like this is what's you know, what mine, what's mine is theirs. And now for people listening, if you have the ability to include your significant other in what you're doing and not treat it so much as like, don't worry about it. I don't want to talk about it. Like, I, I think your significant other should question and find joy in learning about the work you do, even if they don't understand it. The best way you will is to, to ask your significant, your significant other these questions. And then for you being the person that has it to share, but yeah, let me tell you about it. And and I think like a lot of times in the world we live in, there's so much like, yo, like what you do for work, like I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna hear about it. It's like, yo, well, that's my life. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's like I'm this like, bro, is my you crying. We're like, talking business is, and women together. This is no man, but no, it's no, true. but you're it's, right. It's a very raw, honest topic, man. And I think it frustrates a lot of people because like, man, like, I don't think that's fair to do to your to your significant other like to just be like don't talk about work it's like what what the fuck else do i talk about yes there's other exciting things but like it's my passion like i built a podcast for five years trying to figure out what is it i love doing i'm finally doing it and and i if i don't talk about it with you who do i talk about it with you know and like i think man like if people are going through that like 
talk about it with who you're with. Be like, it, it really bothers me that I can't talk about this, you know? Yeah. I, you know what's funny? Like the baseline of most arguments feels like the, the one person just isn't heard. And that's exactly what you're saying right now, too. Facts, man. It's just like it's as simple as like you're putting too much emotion into something and not enough understanding of what's a, what the other person's even. It's very painful, trying man. To get across. It's very painful because then you start thinking, you start spiraling like, wow, is this like I, I'm going to go to you in my time of need, like whether it's work related or not. And this is this is how it feels. You know, you should never make your partner feel like that. Yeah. Right. Man, that's crazy. Right? <laughs> That's crazy. Cash has finally talked about uh, some other business. <laughs> I respect that so much, man. Thank you. For Thanks, five bro. years, we waited to hear. Thanks, bro. About Cash is not talking about business. <laughs> and the only way we could is to make it metaphorically relate to business. <laughs> exactly, right? bro. But like, man, if not there's anything I... Oh, sorry. Oh, no. I was just going to finally segue into depression. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, hold on. There's men's mental health that we, we could obviously still mention. But if there's anything I do want to say that I haven't is your relationship should be sacred. You know, like no matter what happens in it, you know, that's so between you and your significant other. And, you know, like you should feel like whatever it is that you're going through with that person, you can go to them. And I just, I feel like when people go and talk about it, even with their friends, like it confuses them because your friends want nothing but the best for you. They may not know and connect to your significant other, obviously the way you do, yeah. but like your partner, you should look at like they're a reflection of who you are. And I think that that level of it being that sacred is so important to know that whatever goes on between you two stays between you two, you know? And it's like, that's something, man, that once again, I know it's so cliche and cheesy to say, but we'd be in a happier world if more of that happened. If you were with the right person and with whatever you have with them, you cherish it and and, and you communicate with them. You're not holding shit in or, or talking about you know, the classic, you're at a dinner table and the table beside you is like, and then you don't understand what he did. Or even guys like, oh, then like you should have seen like what she said. And like every other friend's like, yo, fuck her, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or the girl's like, oh, just he's such a dick. And it's like, <laughs> man, like fix up. Like, fix did you up. did you even? What kind of kids you been hanging out with, bro? I know, I know that slang too. Fix up. Bro, there's too many young students that are changing our our lingo, right? But I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you just gotta man. fix up. <laughs> you know, you guys get me. I get you, dog. <laughs> Yo, it's so funny because lately I feel like Cash is like every time like we've had the last two, three pods, he's like, you just needed a vent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, bro. Like I'm, I'm out here to strictly just, you know, get some bars off my chest. Oh man, that's funny. You know, love, love yourself, love yours even harder. You know, that's it, you know. Um, men's mental health. <laughs> so I, I, this is going to be, this isn't going to be that long in my, like from where I'm coming from, maybe you guys got a lot to talk about. I know you mentioned Not depression. Wrong. I want to do a quick little test. Okay? okay. It's international men's mental health awareness month. So uh, I want to ask my friends some questions, question. And then there's two parts to it. Cassius, mm. how is your mental health right now out of 50? I right now, it. this moment, 
this minute, what you're feeling, 50 being 50 out of 50 is the best, zero out of 50 being like you're ready to fall off that cliff. Zero being I'm ready to fall off, 50 being the I'm best. Ready. 45. Wow. Okay. I like that. Okay. That's the first part of my question for you. First off, I got to say, Kenny's asked me this question over like just text message or just regular conversation. He'll just sprinkle that shit in there randomly. <laughs> like, hey, bro, so just quickly, just wanted to quickly ask you, bro, on a scale of one to 50, <laughs> where would you say your mental health is? I love it. 50 is nice. It's a good And one. every single time, I would say that shit is so lame. Nobody <laughs> gives a fuck oh, if it's out of 50. And can I explain why? It's your pod, man. The, I'm about to turn the shit into my pod <laughs> on this zero to 50. I guess it's a nice question. I, I guess it's nice to be self-aware of it sometimes. But the more I like, if we go strictly based off of how you're feeling, like if, if you're, um, at a five or 10, you're going to go to Brave? Okay, hold on. You want to check in on someone's mental health. How would you do it? Um, what would you ask? I think... Do, do, do. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't ask. I, I, you could just... There's certain things that you could so just... So mental, kind of mental Health Awareness Month, you don't ask. You just ignore the fact that it's someone's... Like, like, well, like, like you okay. want to check in on okay, a homie, okay. so, how do you do So it? how I ask is I share, like, I'll pick up things that I can feel like I've maybe gone through as well. And I can see their mind working. Things, thoughts are twirling around in their head and they're, they're not in the same zone that they were in. So how I typically, like, bring it up is like, you know, a long time ago, I remember when I was your age or I remember when this was and that was happening, I had these problems. Right. So I bring it up by sharing my own problems and then I can get a gauge of, you know, if they want to open up, I give I leave it up to them to open up. So that's how I gauge it. Instead of asking like scale of one to 50, how is that? How are you feeling today? So mo more often than not, I guess uh, it's funny because even the first podcast that I ever did with you guys as a guest, I didn't like because. Um, my mindset has shifted on depression quite a bit and how I see it is I'd rather, I'd rather be like when I work towards being proud at the end of the day, rather than happy at the end of the day, it leads me into being happy. But when I think about how I feel and am like amplifying that to a different extreme, then I, I don't do the things that make me proud anymore. And then that makes me more depressed. Hmm. I see. So how are you doing on a scale of one to fifty? Bro, I'm always mental? I'm always fifty. Fifty? I've never lower than fifty. Okay. Never. 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 Really? Never. Since for how long? Since since I chose to never be lower than fifty. Okay. That's good. Fifty out of fifty. What about you, That's bro? That's really good. I'm at a good forty six point seven. That's good. So part two A of this question is I'm going to go back to Cassius here. What is it that's making it a 45 and not a 35? Uh, my relationship. 
Mm, nice. Uh, what else? Brother's trying to get some brownie points on the pot. That. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, yeah, that. Um, my relationship with friends. Nice. Uh, family. Family's been, you know, when the house is in order, mental health is in order. Mm. That's pretty dope. Yeah. What makes it 50 out of 50 for you right now and not 30? Um, my relationship. <laughs> Sorry. He's just like, right you see the ring right here? <laughs> uh, definitely like relationship, but like actually the, when I was, I guess to amplify why relationship so much is prior to being married, I remember I was getting at a point where maybe I was at 40 or 35. And the reason why I was thinking is like, I have these things, but I would love to be able to share these things, have a family with somebody. And that part definitely did feel like it was missing. And even if you were to achieve something, I was at a point where I, I could achieve something, but it didn't feel good because I didn't, I wasn't, it, it felt like a part was missing, right? So now it's like just being married, that easily puts it at a 50 for sure. But gratitude puts it at 50. Is my, I used to have this, um, Training trainer, he was a very extreme coach. I don't know if you remember from Elite Athlete Training Systems, mm. right? Brad Damon, great guy. I love him. His methods and even c- certain things like this is when it when it goes back to what do they offer you outside of just training, right? And sometimes we'd be talking about it's like man, like I'm just not in it. He would say, well, at least your face isn't getting fucking blown off right now, like the like it is in so and so country. I'm like, well, damn, sorry for saying my, my day isn't going right. Right. But like little things like that slowly puts, puts into perspective what's right. Like what, what are you even talking about? Right. So that was one of the things that I just appreciated because it, just being in the culture of that gym, my mindset was slowly shifting. I wasn't allowed to think those things. And sometimes that's what you need because when you think of the other extreme, then you are more grateful. So I'd say, being grateful puts it allows me to keep it at a 50 even if it's not technically at a 50. you're like living by this concept of attitude is gratitude right now it's really nice that's nice i could really feel it in you um the really unique thing this is to be it's more so of a statement based off what you two said is to me i think how we gauge mental health is different for everybody it's really cool right off the bat both of you wait 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 is it gauge or gauge? What the fuck are you saying, bro? Oh, gauge. Did I say gauge? Is it gauge? This is the guy when went full Daisy on us. Yeah, man. I always switch it up. But say, anyway, you understand my point yeah. is how you gauge your mental health <laughs> is based on indicators that matter to you personally. So when you are going to someone stating, you know, how your mental health is, that person right away is thinking in one way or another what matters to them. And what's making them feel mentally stable. And it's cool for you. It's things like your relationship and your family. For you, it's just being basically all-encompassing grateful every day for the things that you have. And I think the unique thing right off the bat is when you ask that question in a way, because let's face it, not everyone's 45 plus out of 50. Some people, whether they admit that to you or not, they know deep down inside what they're really at. And if they're at a 25, if they're at a 20, like 
you can actually ask them, why not a five out of 50? Why not a 10 out of 50? You're seeing what's keeping the cup full. You're actually able to look into seeing, okay, well, let's look at this positively. As low of a score this is, I'm able to kind of see what is it that you have in your life that maybe you just need more of, right? And you could start recognizing what matters. So if you're listening to this and, and you're at least at maybe like a 30, 35 out of 50, and you're kind of wondering, well, you know, what's making it that high and what's not making it lower? The holiday season is coming up, and I think it's a perfect time to reflect and find a way into the next year and even into the holiday season how you could find more of those things. And I hope out of our conversations we had today, it allows you to be more real with your clients that you see on a daily basis and the person you're with. Because I think those two things, if those are going south and you're struggling to keep those things, I would start there. And I think that's why it's so important we're talking about this because that's what can strongly anchor everything going on from putting food on the table to coming home to someone you're excited to see. Someone you're excited to when they call, you're not going, oh, I don't really want to talk to them right now. You know, you want you want to answer that on the first ring. You know, like you're, you're excited because you can actually be your, your, your most authentic self. and You don't have to hide anything. So, man. Well, another thing I want to add to this is that as men, we tend to uh internalize versus externalize a lot of the stuff that we we need to we don't have a brotherhood where you can you know sit and have vulnerable conversations with each other you know i would say that the last four or five years of me knowing both of you has changed my life completely my mental health has been incredible us and you know the homies that we have and you know i hear this from you know my sisters and and others they're like man like not like not everybody has that circle not everybody has has those sort of friends and sisters and people around them so something that you know for the guys and the girls out there that are listening to this is like you know start building a sisterhood start building a brotherhood try to, you know actually like it and it takes work it takes finding the right people to be in your corner because from i guess i guess since it's men's mental health month it's like you know for men it's like brotherhood will completely change you the people that are around you will completely change who you are and uh i can honestly and say this is that you guys have changed my life to be even better than what i could have imagined and that's only because you guys have been in my corner and i'm sure i'm hoping that me being in your corner and the homies is this is vice versa it's the same thing so find you a brotherhood find you that the the the, the men that will stand beside you like soldiers, do or dies, man. As much as we need our wives and our our, our girlfriends and all these, um, you know, amazing women in our life, we also need men. And it's okay when you find the right homies in your circle, and you can be vulnerable with them, and you can share most all your honest, raw thoughts, and just be completely open. And you can, you know, and and they can understand and listen and provide you guidance, help, support. And even just listening, I'm telling you, your mental health will completely shift. Damn, that's beautiful, brother. Thank you for sharing that. You know what? When you're more yourself, you know, stop trying to be someone that you aren't, you know? Like when you can truly authentically be yourself around your friends, they don't judge you for a single moment of how you're behaving, you know you're around the right people. If you haven't found that yet, then stop trying to act like someone you're not. I think start there. I heard a really awesome thing the other day and it was like, 
I wish I remembered where it was from. And I was like, you're so worried about how you move and how you act around your quote unquote friends, around your bros. They're not your bros. Like if you're so scared to act like really like who you are, because yeah. they're going to make fun of you or they're going to put you down right away, you're, you're with the wrong people. And I think this is more so for our younger audience members, right? Like I remember being 15, I remember being 16, all the way up until even like my 20s, right? Like you're, just, you're trying so hard to just fit in. Well, instead of fitting in, like fit into your own skin. Like, 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 like fit into that. And I swear to you, there's a fucking 7 billion people in this world. You're going to find 10 fuckers out there <laughs> that move just like you. And they're going to be your bestest friends. And that's like us. That's like our yeah. crew, right? We're like seven to 10 individuals that have a, a, a ton of shit in common, but also so much shit that's different. But like the, the bottom line is we respect it. Yeah. You know, like you need that. You do, man. You do. Absolutely. I think the... To add my last two cents on this, I definitely agree. Like just a friendship that I've been able to form with you guys, I didn't know was possible to actually have is I was always isolated by myself in the dark, whatever you want to call it, because I was like, in order to get these things done, nobody understands me. And I was, I guess I was standing out in a crowd that was always trying to fit in. And when I met you guys, it felt like we all stood out in our own ways. And even now, like how you're saying, what's your score out of 50? Right. Like if I was being fake, I'm like, oh, you know, like it's like this. I'll sometimes say that's just lame. I, I can say these things freely because I have that. I can be completely honest with you. And the thing is, I'll say when shit's lame, but I'll also say the complete opposite and tell you all the negative side. So it's like it's not like like I'm saying my score is at a 50. But there's a lot of things like in terms of what we want. Here's why I think it's a little different. What we want and what are, how we're feeling is two different things. And sometimes what we want blends in with how we're feeling. Mm. And I'm not like, I guess in terms of what I want, maybe I'm at like 15, 20, right? But I, I separate those two because over time, having conversations like me and Obit, we've had so many funny conversations, especially lately, because I was like, bro, you don't know about marriage life? We talk about these things over here, right? <laughs> it's like completely, it's crazy, crazy conversations that you just wouldn't know you would have, right? And it's great to have a brotherhood to be able to share those things. And that's that's very hard to find at a young age, like how you're talking about for your for the younger audience. But I think you hit it, um, put the nail on the coffin with saying that just be yourself as hard as that is is like uh, when i first met you guys i used to be like man you know i got so sick and tired of wearing a mask at when i was younger that i actually enjoyed being alone because i didn't have to put on i don't have to put that effort in mm. right and like it's, I, it's, it's, it was it's just taxing. exhausting exactly yeah. yeah it is yeah so after a certain point i was like oh damn by myself i don't gotta i can just be me right and now i found you guys and i hope the next generation of brown kids or white kids or all these kids everybody's gonna find their own person to kind of click with but like we were talking about culture and gym you build that culture like i i know you guys because of the culture i wanted to build for myself and i found found you guys through that and if you're trying to have friends the same way build a culture around who you would want to be yourself and those same people out of the seven billion you're gonna find those ten 
that's why Kram's gonna write a book 50 out of 50 <laughs> right yes that's hype man that's good that's rich thank you for sharing brothers do you guys have anything else you'd like to share on today's hot topics no bro i just want to say i love my wife so much she's the best <laughs> wife ever and uh you guys should try getting married sometime wow wow that's, that's a towards the full brownie point that's very nice beautiful how about for you cashes no that's it man any We, shout outs you want to give no i'm good bro <laughs> no shout outs i love it man well you know what this uh concludes our beautiful episode and um you know if this resonated for you um or you feel like a friend needs to listen to this a significant other needs to listen to this um if you feel like a client of yours needs to listen to this <laughs> or you're the client that you need to you need to subconsciously send this to you know someone that you're paying whatever it is we hope you get continuous value in all aspects of your life when you listen to second floor podcast and we hope this holiday season is joyful we hope um you know you get to spend time with loved ones in any possible way you do and um If you want to continue to support us, please like, share, subscribe on all platforms. Second Floor Podcast. We're on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, um, any any platform where you can stream your podcast on. So um, we we continue to appreciate the love, and we will see you next episode.